I'm Naomi Kilberth, Christian clinical herbalist, owner of Laurel Tree Wellness, and host of the Family Herbalism Podcast. Here on the show, I bring to you loads of helpful information and practical tips to help you on your natural health journey. We cover common and unique symptom pictures, underlying tissue states and the stories that lead to them, and so many tools that promote and restore wellness, not the least of which is plants. Thank you for joining us today. May you be blessed by the conversation and leave with hope and inspiration. Are you ready? Let's begin. David Hoffman in the Herbal Handbook said, the health, integrity, and proper functioning of the whole digestive system is fundamental to all life processes. Not only are we what we eat, but we are also what we were able to assimilate. If the digestive system is not breaking down and absorbing food properly, then the body will not be able to reap the rewards of a healthy diet. This makes a healthy gut almost a prerequisite of a healthy life. Welcome back to the Family Herbalism Podcast. So we know we've had Thanksgiving recently, Christmas and New Year's are also right around the corner, and these are times when we often find ourselves sitting down to a big meal and then more often than not suffering for it later on. In our culture here in America, it's uh, common that we overeat and generally are not sensitive to our body's signals for what is good for us and what is maybe too much. And in fact, all through social media and movies and magazine articles, we're going to see cartoons, images, uh, references, jokes around being stuffed and having to take a long nap in order to digest our food. And so we make jokes about it, but really it's an uncomfortable situation. And we try to blame it on the turkey and say, yes, it has tryptophan and We know that tryptophan, which is an amino acid, is the precursor for serotonin, which is the precursor of melatonin, and that makes us sleepy. But in reality, the reason that we suffer with indigestion and fatigue after feasting is that we are eating heavy meals loaded with carbs, and our bodies just don't know how to digest it all all at once. And so they force us into a state of rest in order to handle this urgent situation. So in today's episode, I get to share with you some tips and tricks for supporting your digestive process so that holiday meals don't cause quite so much discomfort for us. These ideas are based on general needs, so you might have more specific digestive concerns that aren't covered here but I think you'll find some of the information I provide helpful to you regardless of what your regular health concerns are. Then I'll also share my favorite herbs for digestion, including culinary herbs and spices that you no doubt already have in your pantry. So these are five steps that you can take to promote easier digestion, whether that is on a feasting day, like for Christmas, or just on your everyday, for your everyday meals. Number one is to do your best to reduce stress in general, especially on the days when you will be eating big meals. The two states of the nervous system, that being sympathetic and parasympathetic, um, are at odds with each other. One supports digestion and 
the other supports handling stress. And there's a lot more to it, obviously, but the two do not work together at the same time. And so if you're releasing adrenaline or cortisol, your food is just going to sit in your stomach fermenting while your body handles this stressful situation, and it's not going to be able to get to the work of digesting. Stress can contribute to IBS, indigestion, stomach ulcers, heartburn, nausea, bloating, and stomach ache. Stress hormones can cause or aggravate digestive disorders that you already have and can lead to dysbiosis where you have imbalanced an imbalanced microbiome where there's too much bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria. It also stops the muscle contractions of the digestive system that we call peristalsis and this leads to constipation. It also increases the stomach acid which leads to heartburn and even increases the permeability of the mucosal cells that are lining the digestive tract wall. This is according to a 2019 study published in Behavioral Science. And we know that when the lining of the digestive tract is compromised, we can end up with all kinds of inflammatory and even immune response issues that we definitely don't want, all because of stress. Plus, stress can lead us to eat more food, especially food that is unhealthy. So just as tryptophan leads to the production of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, it's also the precursor of the feel-good hormone serotonin. And our brains use sugar to transport tryptophan into the cells. So if we're not feeling very happy, oftentimes we'll crave sugar because our bodies know that it needs to use it really quickly in order to get that tryptophan, to get the proteins from our food into our cells to help us feel better. But that's a short-term solution and eating lots of sugar is going to have long-term consequences and overall not help our emotional well-being. So the long story short is before feast day comes, anticipate what you're going to be anxious and stressed about and decide what you can do to address it beforehand. Do you need an herbal tool to help you feel more peace or safety, such as a flower essence or an emotional uh, roller bottle with um, essential oils? Do you need to change something about your environment or who you will be gathering with or where you will be gathering? Whatever it is, don't leave it until the last moment, assuming that it's just going to go away or you'll handle it when it gets there because that's not going to help you to feel your best at that time, either emotionally or with your digestion. Number two is to try to eat during the daylight hours. This is when our bodies are in need of food for energy creation and our metabolism is most efficient during those hours. And in fact, it has been shown that the morning is actually the time when we are the most metabolically flexible, meaning that we can handle foods that maybe are heavier to process or more difficult to process earlier in the day. If you eat after dark, you're more likely to experience indigestion, sleep interruptions, and weight gain. So I don't know how many people I have talked to who have all said, you know, I'm, I'm eating ice cream after dinner or, you know, with a movie, I'm having snacks and I feel terrible. I get this horrible heartburn in the middle of the night. 
And we can link it back to, well, what are you eating after supper time? What are you eating during those dark hours? And maybe we need to cut back and focus on eating those sweets or carbs earlier in the day when our bodies can handle it. And so if you're planning a gathering, ideally, as far as digestion is concerned, it will be better for your body if you have those gatherings with all that food during the middle of the day or at the latest early evening, because that's when we're better suited to the natural rhythms of eating and digesting and can be a little bit more flexible with what we're eating during those times. Most people also digest food more easily if they graze throughout the day rather than eating two or three large meals. This is especially the case when you're talking about the size of holiday meals, which tend to be bigger than our average meals. So if you plan to eat one small helping of each dish that you choose and have a second or maybe third special meal during that day in which you eat the same way, which is small proportions, you may be able to have the sensation, have that comfort of being able to enjoy those special foods but you're also going to feel better from not having those large amounts of food to digest. Number three, if you know that you have a food sensitivity, you should probably minimize or preferably avoid that food. But we know that, you know, around the holidays, especially, we want to be able to enjoy the food that everyone is eating. And it can be difficult to avoid things that we know we shouldn't be eating. If it's a true allergy, of course, that's um, something you're not going to want to compromise on it. The answer is no, you're not going to eat that food. However, if it's something that you might be able to handle a little bit of and you just have to be careful about it and you really want to enjoy it, you might consider taking an enzyme supplement. There are supplements with dairy enzymes, protein enzymes, even carbohydrate enzymes, which are great for those with sensitivities to wheat. These would be taken just before or just after you eat to help your body break down these nutrients and process them as they should. If you prefer not to take supplements, that's fine. You can do a little research on what fruits and vegetables can offer extra enzymes. Papaya is a good example of a fruit with enzymes that aids digestion, but there are many others. So you might include these in a fruit salad, for example, as a way to incorporate it into your meal and know that you are support supporting your overall digestion. Number four is to chew your food thoroughly and don't eat while watching a screen. <laughs> Enjoy your company, laugh, talk, Think slow food. There's a lot of attention being given to slow food these days where we make our meal times an hour long, a two hour long, a three hour long process where we sit and have conversations, have a little wine if you like. Even that is astringent as well, which we're going to talk about the benefits of astringent things in our diet. Um, but really use eating as an opportunity to nourish yourself both your body, and your soul. And once you have made your food choices, don't focus on the shoulds and shouldn'ts of your choices because feeling guilty about eating only adds to your stress, compounding the negative effects of any unhealthy food choices that you make. So focus on the 80-20 rule 
or maybe on 70-30 during the holidays where you eat a small proportion of sweet things or fun foods and the majority of what you eat is healthy. You're eating some whole foods like, you know, the turkey and the chicken or ham or then, you know, you're eating lots of vegetables and fruits. So that way when you have a couple of cookies or a slice of pie, you're not feeling you don't have to feel guilty about it because you're no you know that you're making largely really good choices. And don't rush or allow yourself to be distracted by a TV or a phone. It has been shown time and again through studies that eating food slowly and enjoying it allows your body to digest more efficiently. Number five is to move after you eat. So if you get up and help clean the kitchen, you take the dog out for a short walk, or you play a game in the yard with the kids, you'll be signaling to your muscles that you need to use that energy. So that food that you just ate, instead of going to storage, it would be turned into energy that you use right away. And it has been shown in studies that glucose spikes are minimized and that sluggish feeling that can come with eating a large meal will be diverted if you tell your body, hey, we need that sugar over here. We need those carbs. We need that protein. We got some work to do. And so it puts it to use right away and helps your body to feel better after eating. And it really doesn't have to be a whole lot. You can just move your body for 10, maybe 15 minutes, and then chill out again. So it's not a lot. It's not exercising. You don't have to go for a hike. You don't have to lift weights. You know, we're just um, looking for ways to stand up, get moving, and use that uh, meal for actual fuel. Now, there are herbs with different actions which are specifically helpful for proper digestion. These actions help in different ways, as I'll share in a moment. So you might want to pick and choose based on what you anticipate to be weaknesses for you, or you might simply choose a variety of these herbs to make a tea blend or a tonic or cordial, which I'll also explain. The first herbal action that I want to focus on is nervines. These are herbs that are really helpful for the nerves, and especially those that also have an affinity for the stomach or other parts of the digestive system even better if they have a bitter flavor. And I will talk about why bitter is important in a moment, but these might include herbs like chamomile or hops, borage, wood betony, valerian, or catnip. Catnip is one that's kind of funny to talk about because most people associate that with giving it to their cats, but it does not have the same effect on cats as it does on humans. And for humans, it can be very relaxing. Um, it is uh, just a very soothing herb, similar to chamomile, and it has a really great affinity to the stomach, especially for people who feel their anxiety or feel their anxious feelings in their stomach, where it can cause some indigestion. And so working with any of these will help to calm overstimulation of the nerves and help the body to focus on digesting. And so the reason they do this is because your taste buds are connected to your nervous system. And when you taste these bitter foods or taste these nervine herbs, 
they stimulate the nervous system into releasing gastric juices. They also signal to the nervous system that it is time to rest and digest rather than to get up and address a stressful situation, which is common for people who are chronically stressed. So the Nervines help us to stay in that really important state of digesting our foods. Um, they say to us, yes, please digest this food. Don't leave it sitting in my stomach. Um, really any herb that helps you to relax will be helpful here. Some others that I really like are lemon balm, rose, lavender, and like I said, chamomile. These are widely available in grocery stores and some nice blends. Um, they are also, you know, you can get them as a single and incorporate them into any recipe that you like. And some people actually like to take them in tincture form, in which case you just put a few drops on your tongue, just enough to really taste it. Uh, and then you can drink some water afterwards if you'd like to. The second herbal action that I'd like to talk about is carminative. Carminative herbs, they are warming and stimulating and they help the contractions of the digestive system to move in the right direction. So we talked about peristalsis, the muscle contractions of the digestive system that move the food all the way from our mouth, down our esophagus, down through the stomach, down through the small intestine, the large intestine into the colon. And carminative herbs help with any indigestion that is already underway or they can be worked with preventatively to keep those nasty symptoms from popping up. And these just really help um, as antispasmodics to a degree, like they help with spasms of the muscles um, and they also can help with gas, uh, but really they're just moving everything in the right direction. And these include many spices that we're familiar with putting into our food like fennel, ginger, cayenne, uh, but they can also include things like peppermint and chamomile and vervain and even lavender, which is rich in volatile oils and is also a nervine. Lavender in particular helps to relax the bowels. So if stress is preventing a person from being able to use the bathroom, then lavender can really be helpful there uh, with that overactivity of tension that is affecting digestion. The third herbal action to look for is antispasmodics, which I started talking about a little bit. These are herbs that help the muscles to contract the way they're supposed to. So our muscles are made of fibers that are interlocked with each other, they're interwoven, and they're supposed to work in sync with each other to help um, food move in the right direction, to help things be processed the way they're supposed to be. But if there are spasms of the muscles, then that's when those fibers are not working in sync with each other and they're actually fighting against each other and you can end up with pain and possibly even food backing up the system the wrong way. Examples of antispasmodics include cramp bark, valerian, wild lettuce, hops, chamomile, and peppermint. You can work with an antispasmodic essential oil and apply it directly to your stomach if you are currently in pain 
or you can drink a tea for present a preventative support uh, or during an episode where you need some relief. Some people think that antispasmodics don't really do a whole lot for digestion, um, but rather they offer more pain relief than anything else, which is really important for you know the digestive process and making sure that you're comfortable so you're not in a stress mode. Um, But I also feel that antispasmodics can be really helpful for people who maybe have heartburn or who uh, have constipation and they just need some help with getting those muscles to be um, more, more effective and functioning well. Astringents are a fourth group of herbs that help to tone the digestive tract. And I mentioned very briefly, wine is an astringent because grapes are astringent. These are especially helpful if there is a history of inflammation, ulceration, or overactivity of the tissues such as heartburn. And so these are where the tissues are maybe a little bit swollen, um, the fluids are not being, uh, you know, passed back and forth properly, and so the tissues are just inflamed and lacking strength. And so astringents help to tone and tighten those tissues and and help um, the fluids to be where they're supposed to be. And so examples of astringents, in addition to grapes, include cinquefoil, Queen Anne's lace, meadowsweet, witch hazel, and that's not the witch hazel that you buy at the grocery store, by the way, which has other additives to it, but this is pure witch hazel. Also yarrow, red raspberry, black raspberry, and sage. Now, demulcents are one of my favorite groups of herbs, so we'll make that the fifth group today. Demulcents are those that, when they come into contact with liquids, create a gel-like substance that soothes, protects, and reduces inflammation to any mucosal tissue. If a person has continued to eat or drink foods that agitate their system and it causes pain on a regular basis, they could probably use some demulcents. These you'll recognize as herbs like marshmallow, burdock, slippery elm, red clover, calendula, and licorice are some great examples. Now, a person who has had any trouble with their liver or gallbladder will certainly want to support those areas with herbs that are cleansing, which help to release bile and prevent sludge from building up and thus prevent the pain that can occur from a congested liver or gallbladder or even stones that might occur. And there are some dietary measures that should be included here if a person does have trouble with their liver or gallbladder. Uh, I feel like there are some lifestyle choices and dietary measures that should be taken on a regular basis. But for the purpose of this episode where we're talking about improving digestion for meals, big meals, for feasting, Um, Herbs that are hepatics and cholagogues are herbal actions that really support this area of digestion where they're supporting the action of the liver and the gallbladder in releasing bile to break down fats and carry out toxins or excess uh, waste products. They're helping to clear out and process 
foods and turn them into usable nutrients. And so our livers and gallbladders definitely need a lot of respect and a lot of support, uh, especially with heavy meals. And so herbs like dandelion root, nettle, milk thistle, and vervain are some very common, uh, commonly used herbs for that category. The eighth and final group I want to mention is the herbal action of laxatives. Now, if a person is eating foods they should be, if they are not highly stressed, and if they move their bodies, they may not have any trouble with pooping. But if for whatever reason you find yourself backed up, you're definitely not going to feel good. And so while, again, if this is a common issue for a person, then that needs to be addressed, using gentle laxatives can help a person to let go of waste if they need that extra help. And these are generally warming and stimulating as well and include herbs like yellow dock, oats, psyllium, dandelion root, cinnamon, ginger, cayenne, flax seeds, and aloe. Of course, you can see there, if you're familiar with tastes, not all of these are warming or even stimulating, but many warm and stimulating herbs do have that effect. What I would like to point out before sharing a few ideas on how to use these herbs is that no herb functions with only one action. Many of the herbs that I've mentioned today actually fall into a number of these categories of actions. It's just, it's just that the ones mentioned are common uses. The other point here is that the vast majority of herbs specifically supportive of digestion are warming, stimulating, and have a very strong, sometimes bitter or pungent flavor. Bitters are a strong taste so they act strongly on this process through the nervous system as I alluded to before. They stimulate the release of gastrin specifically, as well as enzymes in the pancreas, duodenum, and liver, including bile, which helps to absorb toxins and waste products from the food, as I mentioned, and also to digest fats. Bitters also help to regulate insulin and glucogen, and they even stimulate self-repair processes of the gut wall. So they can make a really important part of a long-term protocol for someone who has digestive issues. One question I get sometimes is, do I have to taste the herbs? I mean, bitter is not a taste that we are used to enjoying these days. So these people want to know, can I cover it up? or take it in a form where I don't have to taste it? And the answer is that it depends. In the case of bitters for digestion though, yes, you do have to taste it because it is the response of the taste buds that activates the nervous system at the beginning of the digestive process. What's really fascinating is that the flavor of your food tells your body which enzymes to release. Will it be an enzyme for sugar or protein or fat? Whatever you taste will tell your nervous system which enzymes you need. That's one reason for slowing down to really enjoy your food and also why you have to taste the bitterness to get this effect. It doesn't have to be a lot though. So it could be a squirt of tincture or a shot glass of cordial or a couple sips of tea that is all that is needed. 
Alternatively, eating your salad before your main dish with bitter herbs like chicory, dandelion, or arugula tossed in will get your digestive juices going. You can also add plenty of spices to the dishes that you're cooking up that will support the digestive process. Again, coming back to spices like turmeric, basil, parsley, rosemary, thyme, oregano, cayenne, sage, dill, fenugreek, clove, cilantro or coriander, and even black pepper, which has been shown in studies to significantly improve nutrient absorption, especially if it's freshly ground. So you can get all fancy with those, you know, fresh salt and pepper grinders on your table during dinner, and that will be a fun way to make sure that you are improving your nutrient absorption and really getting the benefit of all those good foods that you are eating. If you like the idea of having a special drink for digestive support other than a tea or tincture, you might like a tonic or cordial. These can be non-alcoholic using apple cider vinegar or alcoholic using vodka or unflavored brandy. If you choose alcohol, it will take a few weeks to prepare, so it would be a little late to make one of these for this Christmas, but if you start it now, it will be ready for special meals throughout the late winter, and you can store it for use within the next few years because alcoholic uh, preservations of herbs do tend to last quite a while. Vinegar-based drinks are easier to make quickly for short-term use. Either way, you would combine a combination of digestive herbs with a sweetener like honey or maple syrup into the liquid base and after the preparation is complete you would add a small amount of or two water or drink it straight. Mountain Rose Herbs which is a great reseller of and grower of plants offers instructions for making a digestive cordial with a base of vodka or brandy to find that, you can go to their website, mountainroseherbs.com, and you would click on the tab for herbal education, and then it will give you a drop-down list to choose from, including their blog. When you get to their blog, type in Winter Cordial into the search box, and the recipe will be right at the top because they released this not too long ago. It's a great set of directions that includes multiple herbs to choose from, so you can really customize it according to your needs and according to what you have on hand. A recipe that is based in apple cider vinegar is offered by The Chalkboard Magazine. If you go to their website and use their search feature to look for the Overeater's Tonic, you'll find it right away. Alternatively, you can purchase a ready-made digestive cordial or tonic like the one made by the main company Herbal Revolution, which is available on their website, herbalrev.com. And I also have a digestive aid tea that is available for sale, which is made by Wildly207 and includes the herbs fennel, yarrow, and peppermint. So lots of ideas to choose from, and I hope you found this helpful. If you need guidance in addressing digestive concerns, you can visit my website at www.laureltreewellnessllc.com for more information about how I work with people one-on-one so we can create a wellness plan that is customized to your needs. Now, you guys, this is the last episode of 2022. I want to thank everyone here for listening all year long and all my new listeners, I really appreciate each one of you. 
the Family Herbalism podcast now has over 27,000 plays across 44 countries, which I find absolutely incredible. I am so grateful that this podcast has been encouraging to so many people. And if you have found the podcast helpful to you, I would ask that you consider one of three things that you might do for me. One is to leave a review for others to read on your podcast app. Um, You can use the link at the top of the podcast page on my website to make a donation to support this free resource or share your favorite episode with someone you know that it would bless. And I will see you back here in just a couple of weeks. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The Family Herbalism Podcast is created for educational purposes only. You have the right and responsibility to make all health-related decisions for your own life. If you experience a medical emergency, please contact appropriate medical providers. To receive herbalist support, please visit www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends and family and leave a review. Thank you for listening.